here we are. Bill Jones along with Cody Winstead. And this is Jonesing for Football. This is Jonesing for five-star players inside the big green NFL draft scouting notebook. How you doing, young Cody? Oh, Mr. Jones, I am so fired up. Uh, we're getting there. There's uh, not much time left, Bill Jones. We're trying to scramble and put a bunch of stuff, uh, get a little bit more prep done. I know you have a few more players to look at. That's how I am, too. But the time is nearing for the NFL draft, finally. Well, and speaking of time, there's not enough time in the day. I've been a little bit under the weather, and I think it's a direct cause of I've been going to bed at night with my big green notebook. I've been cuddly with my big green notebook, and I've been burning the midnight oil, and so I'm not getting enough sleep uh, because I've got another job to do besides this one, which I love to do so much. But man can only live on four or five hours sleep a night for so long, and nature catches up with you. But here we are. We're ready to go. All right. What do you want to do today? We have, Bill Jones, one of the very cool and unique things about this draft is that there are eight teams with multiple first-round picks, which is the most in draft history. They are the Lions, the Texans, the Giants, Jets, Eagles, Saints, Packers, and Chiefs. Do you have those? Do you write those all down? I do have them. I have them marked down in, in the back end of my uh, big green notebook right here. And uh, I do think that that's a, that is amazing. That I, Have you done the research? Is this the first time in NFL draft history as many as eight teams have multiple first-round picks? It is. It's the most in league history, and it's the most teams who do not have a first-round pick, which is also eight. So today we will – look at a couple of these teams who do have multiple first-round picks, and we'll go in-depth into which players they should select that would be ideal fits for them. Well, Jones, why don't you lead us off with uh, who who are you thinking about here? Um, Well, let's start with uh, a team that has two of the top seven picks in this draft, and that would be the New York football giants. In fact, the city of New York has to be going crazy. They've got four picks in the top 10. As the Jets have picks four and 10, the Giants have picks five and seven. But I'll dig down on the uh, Giants at five and seven. Of course, with a new coaching staff in there as well, Brian Dayball is their new uh, head coach. He comes from Buffalo. Wink Martindale came over from Baltimore. He's their new defensive coordinator. So it's going to be very interesting. And this is a team that needs help in many ways. Would we agree with that? I think the Jets and Giants both need a lot of help. (laughs) Okay. And so the the wild card factor in all of this is what do the Giants think of Daniel Jones, a quarterback, and what do the Giants think of these quarterbacks in this draft? And I don't know that the, the new coach cares so much for the new quarterback or the quarterbacks of this draft. We'll see. So I'm going to go, we got to, we got to fix this team in other ways than quarterback at five and number seven. And I think the obvious choice at number five is an offensive tackle, right? Would you yep. agree? For sure. The uh, less than obvious choice is which offensive tackle to take. Is it Iki Iquanu or is it Evan Neal? And for that matter, will both of them be available for their choosing? 
at five and six. You can throw Charles Cross into the uh, into the list as well. There's actually three choices they have there. Uh, they just used the first round draft pick a couple of years ago on a uh, left tackle, Andrew Thomas, out of Georgia. But they've got it. They've got to shore up their offensive line. And I'm I've been torn throughout this process on a, a Quanu versus Evan Neal. And we talked about it on an earlier podcast. I I don't think they can go wrong with either one. It's so I think it's just which which one they like better. Neal played three different positions at Alabama. Aquanu, his makeup is one is such that uh, he has such an aggressive nature about him that maybe a coach falls in love with that. So I'll give them Aquanu, uh, but they could just as easily take Evan Neal, and they may like Charles Cross enough. But uh, I think it's one of those top two, Aquanu or Neal, at that pick, and that leaves us with the seventh pick. And when you look at the narrative going coming out of New York, if you want to do something, uh, you could do a wide receiver there if you wanted to. And uh, a Drake London, Jamison Williams, uh, Garrett Wilson. I mean, they might have the pick of the of, the, of what is a really good wide receiver class. They could get the number one guy there, or they could go uh, edge rusher. Uh, a Jermaine Johnson. Now the other edge rushers are probably coming off the board. One, two, three, mm-hmm. four, somewhere in there. Yep. So may, they may be left with a Jermaine Johnson at seven. Uh, or cornerback. I mean, there's there's talk that they're going to move Bradbury. Uh, Teams have inquired about him. Uh, And those obviously are very important positions, corner and edge rusher. Uh, And so they could have, uh, you know, Sauce Gardner could be there for them. They could slide to seven, uh, we'll see, or Stingley. So uh, do you want me to make their picks for them or just laid out their – what they're Let's looking see. at. You're, you're a Kwan, who I like that at number five. Who you think for number seven? Who would be the best fit? You know what? I think I would take Stingley, Stingley. quarterback over yep. Gardner. Well, I will save that for a for a future podcast. Okay, uh, but I've got them ranked pretty close together, and I'm assuming Gardner might go to the Jets at four, and which would leave you with Stingley, and so they. They have a, I think their choices are go with one of the tackles or one of the cornerbacks, which are good choices for them to have. Yeah, by all means. Um, the more or I, one of the wide receivers. <laughs> right. Well, Kadarius Tony is now looks like he's uh, uh, on the trade block as That's well. That's right. That's true. So yep. uh, wide receiver becomes even more of a priority for them potentially. Bill Jones, the more I think about it and the more I read and watch and study, I think if I'm the Jacksonville Jaguars at number one, I'm just taking Evan Neal. And that way you don't have to worry about your quarterback for the next 10 years. You don't have to worry about your left tackle for the next 10 years. I'm just going to just pair those two together and say, all right, you, you guys are the building blocks. Let's go. Do you think that's crazy? No, I think it's that's not crazy at all. Now, they they made their left tackle their franchise player. But, that I mean, one can play the left side, one plays the right side. That's right. And, and Neil just played the right side last year for Alabama. Tyron yep. Smith with the Cowboys played right tackle before he became a perennial pro bowler left tackle. His rookie year, he was a right tackle. So, yeah, that's in fact, that's that's probably a pr- really prudent thing to do. Yeah, I think that's the way they should go. All right, let me get into uh, my first team. That is the Detroit Lions, Dr. Jones. I find them very intriguing. It's not very often you go three – 
13 and one, but yet everyone agrees you're on the right track. But that's exactly <laughs> the case for the Detroit Lions. Started 0-10 and one last year, but they won three of their last six games. And Dan Campbell has them headed in the right direction. They have the number two overall pick. They have the number 32 overall pick. And for what it's worth, they also have 34 near the top of the second round. So they're likely to add three impact starters to a roster that needs a lot of talent. Let's start with number two, Bill Jones. The dream scenario here would obviously be Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end from Michigan. Went to high school 15 minutes from Ford Field. A star for the Wolverines last year became their all-time single-season sack leader with 14, won a ton of awards, finished second in the Heisman. But will he be off the clock when the Lions pick at number two? The Jags, who have the number one pick, they're also in the market for a pass rusher, and their likely other option is Trayvon Walker, which we know from Georgia. Most experts have Hutchinson going number one, Walker going number two. It seemed like that was kind of going to be the case until Bill Jones. I saw a mock draft on Good Morning Football this week on NFL Network by Peter Schrager. And every year, Peter Schrager does these mocks. And instead of doing mocks where he thinks people should go, he picks where he thinks they will go based on all his sources around the league. And one of the major headlines of his mock draft this week was the Jags taking Walker number one and Hutchinson falling to number two. Schrager says he keeps hearing the Jags and Trent Balky absolutely love Trayvon Walker. So him going at number one seems a little bit more likely than I previously had thought. And because of that, I am going to give Aiden Hutchinson to the Lions at number two, and Detroit gets their guy. What do you think? I love it. I love it. You know, uh, I mean, just think back to last year when uh, San Francisco made the trade for Trey Lance, and we didn't know that that it was Trey Lance that they uh, wanted until they drafted Trey Lance. And so all of this talk that the quote-unquote experts have about who's going where, and it was kind of a given the last couple of months that Aiden Hutchinson's going to Jacksonville because someone set that narrative in the media. No one at Jacksonville ever said that, you know? Right. Or if they did say that, they were – it could be it's just as easily be a smokescreen for whatever reason, you know? <laughs> and um, and so, yeah, I can I can definitely see that. I. In fact, it was a different regime at Jacksonville then, but I, I remember when Blake Bortles was drafted, no one thought that Blake Bortles was going to go that high, and he wound up going that high to Jacksonville, as a matter of fact. Uh, so uh, it's an organization, even with different pers- people in the front office, uh, that has kept a lid on things before. And so, you know, it's also a small market. Things don't leak out as, as easily sometimes in a small market like that. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. Okay, so let's say they get Hutchinson at two. Now let's do number 32, their second first-round pick, which they got from the Rams in the Matt Stafford deal. Tons of options here. They could go quarterback if they eventually want to move off Jared Goff. 
Um, if they select him at 32, a quarterback, that would give them the extra year on the contract, a fifth year uh, on their rookie deal. And they'll also probably be fielding a lot of trade offers, teams wanting to move up maybe to get a quarterback or a big time player that slips for some reason. But I'm going to say this, Bill Jones, you're going to like this pick I'm giving them. Nicobe Dean is where I'm going with number 32, the linebacker position for the Lions, a major position of need. Dean won the Buckkiss Award. He was the heart and soul of that Georgia defense that carried them to the title. He's been falling in mock drafts a little bit recently, maybe due to the size, maybe due to the fact he's been dealing with an injury that's kind of limited his ability to work out for teams. We're not worried about that. I know you said that on a previous podcast. The game tape tells you everything you need to know about Dean. He's also a mechanical engineering major, which you've mentioned before. He had the highest GPA on the team there at Georgia, 3.53 GPA. I think he comes in, takes the Wait, lead. wait, wait, wait. The highest GPA on the team at Georgia was 3.5? Yep. He won, he won their student athlete award. And it went to the highest GPA on the team. The, they don't have a walk-on or somebody's got a higher GPA than 3.5? He won their student <laughs> athlete of the year award. Okay. okay, keep going. I looked it up, Bill Jones. It goes to their highest GPA. Are you willing to say what your GPA was in college? Sure. It was it was a 3.3, so, 3.3 something. Okay. What was yours? If you would have worked a little bit harder, you could have got above a 3.5. And I could have done the same thing. Yeah, right? probably. Right. Probably. Okay, keep going. So think about that, Bill Jones. <laughs> the Lions add Aiden Hutchinson and Nicobe Dean with their two first round picks. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah, I love it. I love it. And I know Dar- uh, Aaron Glenn and Dan Campbell would love it too. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. I'm going to go uh, bottom of the first round. Uh, I'm always intrigued by what Andy Reid and Kansas City Chiefs are up to. And the Chiefs have two picks in the first round, number 29 and number 30. They also have two picks in the second round, number 50 and number 62. They also have two picks in the third round, 94 and 103. And they also have two picks in the fourth round, 121 and 135. Wow. You think they're loaded for bear here? What's interesting, the Chiefs, they've kind of had this, a similar roster the last three years, and they've been in the Super Bowl and, you know, real contenders. Finally, a chance to bring in some different players, and it looks like it might be a, a very different team there in Kansas City. And they need to bring in some different players. Of course, they have at the wide receiver position after uh, Tyreek Hill went to Miami. They got uh, Juju and MVS there. And so I still think they need to um, – They need to continue to uh, place the weaponry around Patrick Mahomes. And so here's the scenario that I'm looking at. Uh, Running back is not going – there may be no running backs taken in the first round. Uh, I think – I think Brees Hall out of Iowa State is the top running back. He's a dynamic playmaker uh, and actually even caught 36 passes his last year at Iowa State. Some like the Michigan State running back. Uh, I'll – but I, I'm sticking with the Iowa State guy, Brees Hall. All right, Buffalo is a team picking at number 25 that I think you add Brees Hall to that offense and it could really help them, okay? 
Kansas City, I loved it when uh, a couple of years ago they got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire out of LSU. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not the running back Brees Hall is, in my opinion. And I think Brees Hall, and it shows in his uh, measurables at the combine with, you know, 39 vert, I don't remember, 4, 4, 40, whatever he ran. Anyway, watch the tape. You know, this guy uh, is explosive. Here's what I propose Kansas City to do. Move up to number 24 ahead of Buffalo. Dallas has the 24th pick. Dallas in, in the need of an offensive lineman, offensive guard. Let's say Zion Johnson and Kenyon Green are still on the board. They have other needs, too. They could move down six. You, you could trade either 29 or 30. Kansas City's picking 29th and 30th. Pick, uh, take either one of those, package it with whatever, uh, either a third or a fourth or, yeah, third or fourth round pick, whichever gets the job done. Move up ahead of Buffalo, take Brees Hall, add him to that Kansas City offense. And then you come back at, uh, at the other first-round pick, number 29, and I would take Christian Watson, the wide receiver out of North Dakota State. And I think that would be a dyna- two dynamic additions to Andy Reid's offense there. That would be interesting. Maybe the Chiefs go from this um, pass it 50 times a game and Tyreek Hill running deep routes. Maybe they turn into a little bit more of a running team, Bill Jones. They've got the O-line to do it. Uh, takes a little bit of pressure off Mahomes. He doesn't have Tyreek to stretch the field anymore. So maybe you just um, hand the ball to the running backs and, and let them uh, grind out some wins. What do you think about that? I, I, and even just the threat of the run. I mean, sure. you don't necessarily have to run it that many times. But also, when you have a back like Brees Hall, who can also catch the ball out of the backfield, too, Um then that adds a whole new element to that offense and safety valve for Patrick Mahomes too, where he's not scrambling for his life back there also. Uh, I like that one. All right. Um, Let me give you a little ideal situation for the new Orleans saints who own the number 16 and 19 picks after trading with the Eagles earlier this month. To me, New Orleans is kind of in a weird position. Coming off a 9-8 and eight season, barely missing the playoffs, despite not having their starting quarterback, Jameis Winston, for more than half the year, and also missing multiple star players for stretches, including Michael Thomas, who we know didn't play at all last year. Elvin Kamara missed some games, Marcus Davenport, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, some of their real star players. So they think they're a playoff team in 2022 if they can be reasonably healthy. But obviously there are some other factors that they have to consider. Sean Payton is gone. Dennis Allen is now the head coach. Teron Armstead and Marcus Williams, they left in free agency. Malcolm Jenkins retired as well. So a lot of moving pieces for the Saints. The question for them becomes how close are they to being a real threat in the NFC? I think they're actually pretty far off, even though they have a lot of talented players. I just think you got to be real. Jameis Winston is not leading a team to a Super Bowl. I just don't believe that is ever going to happen. I'm still also not sold on Dennis Allen as their head coach. Clearly, he was a great defensive leader for them the last few years, but overseeing an entire team I have a few doubts about that. If it were me, 
and I were the Saints and their GM, I would go for a quarterback of their future, whoever they like best, Pickett, Willis, Corral, you name it. With their two first-round picks, they have the ammo to move up to as high as number four or number five, according to the trade chart there, which has the assigned value point values per pick. So if they package 16 and 19, they could get up to four or five and maybe get the top quarterback, whichever one they love. But obviously, I'm not the GM, so I think they're probably going to stay put. So at number 16, Bill Jones, we talked about him. You talked about him for the Giants. I'm going to give him Charles Cross, the tackle from Mississippi State, who I think falls because I do believe there's going to be a run on quarterbacks. So some of these better players that a lot of people have projected in the top 10, I think are going to fall. So I'm giving him Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, 6'5", 307, first team All-SEC, allowed zero sacks and just five quarterback pressures in over 500 pass blocking snaps last year. He would be a plug and play replacement for Teron Armstead at tackle. And then at 19, I'm going to give the Saints another offensive weapon because I don't think they can fully rely on Michael Thomas. We learned that last year. And so I'm leaning wide out here, and I have them going with Jamison Williams from Alabama, who might have been a top 10 pick if he didn't tear his ACL in the national championship. Recently, Williams said his recovery is ahead of schedule. He's working out. He mentioned pool exercises already. So we'll see if he's ready to go for week one. But regardless, he would provide a much-needed big play threat so that's who I have for the Saints, Bill Jones. At 16, going Charles Cross. And at 19, Jamison Williams. And I have a good friend that follows the Saints down there in the South. And I, t- I asked him if he would like those picks. He said, I would be on cloud nine if they got those two guys. Yeah, he should be on cloud nine because those guys aren't following that far. You don't think so? <laughs> I think Williams no. will be there at 19, for sure. Well, that, that's because NFL teams make mistakes all the time. Of course. I mean, seriously. Okay. Assuming that Jamison Williams ACL is a typical ACL, which is clean. And now there are exceptions to that where there's complications, but let's assume that it was a clean ACL and he's going to, even if he misses the first half of his first season, who cares? I mean, he's too good of a talent. Uh, He's too much of a dynamic playmaker. Uh, I mean, his speed just jumps off the tape. Uh, yep. it, if I'm a GM, I don't care about that. I'm, if I, if I have him graded as my guy, I'm, I, I'm taking that red cross off the, off the board. I don't care about it, uh, mm-hmm. with him. So if I'm the, the jets or, um, you know what? I think the jets would be happy. Uh, if you're a jets fan picking four and 10, you would be elated to get Charles cross and, uh, Jamison Williams with your picks. So now the, who knows? But that, that, that shows how up in the air the whole thing is when guys can go as early as five and as late as 25. Yep. Well, again, I also think we're going to have a run on quarterbacks mm. early in well, the first round. And here's so the other down some of those top prospects. But here's the other thing that the Saints did by getting up ahead of the Chargers, even if Cross is not available, uh, Trevor Penning is probably the next offensive tackle. 
and they obviously have a need uh, to replace Armstead at tackle. And so they could, if Cross is not there, then I think the pick is Trevor Penning for them uh, ahead of the Chargers. A lot of people had him projected to go to the Chargers. Uh, and I love, they, they need to add at wide receiver. So the whole question is going to be, uh, how much are they in love uh, love with one of these first-round quarterbacks? Are they willing to wait on a quarterback? So, right, exactly. I don't know. Is Jameis the guy? So yeah. A lot of Saints fans feel like he is. Um, I, I just think he puts a cap on how far you can go in the playoffs. Right, exactly. All right, that was very interesting. And uh, it's not only intriguing in the first round with all these teams with multiple picks, but again – it's the deepest draft in years. And so what are we doing on our next episode of Jonesing for Football, Cody? Well, Mr. Jones, we have bold predictions. We did this last year. I went back and looked at our results, by the way. Maybe we'll save those for the uh, lead-in to our bold prediction segment. But bold predictions will tell you what crazy, wild, unpredictable thing will happen before it actually happens. All right, and that happens on the next episode of Jonesing for Football.